This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu. Welcome once again, everyone, to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. This is season three, and it's a new episode, and so excited to have you join me on this new episode. And as we do every week, we have a new guest. And today we have Doreen Virtual. If you're not very familiar with Doreen, so basically Doreen was uh, one of the top selling author from the new age. And uh, the Lord saved her out of that movement in 2017. And she's just been very open and, and just um, really sharing the gospel and just um, really trying to teach people how dark this movement that seemed to be so peaceful and so positive. And that's how it is portrayed out there, that it's peaceful. It's just, um, you know, all about pos being positive. But re in reality, you will hear how dark this movement is. And today we will be learning more about that uh, with Doreen. And I'm super excited just to have her and for her kindness just to agree and to share her testimony in our podcast And remember, if you guys have any questions or anything, especially today, after you listen to this testimony or after you listen to any of our testimony here, if you have any questions, whether about salvation and how you can be saved, I would love to hear from you guys. And you can send us an email and you can find it here on the show notes or from wherever you're listening to. Another way you, that you can reach out to us is through our Instagram page or through Facebook. And if you are a believer, we encourage you to reach out to us. And if you're interested in sharing your testimony. We would love to get to know you and hear about how the Lord saved you. And again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And here is my conversation with Doreen. All right, everyone. So I am here with Doreen. Doreen, if you would like to say hi to our listeners. Hi, it's so great to be with you. Uh, thank you so much, Doreen, just for uh, agreeing to do this interview. Uh, we love just hearing uh, God's wonderful work in everyone's life. Um, we hear so many different testimonies in this podcast. That's our main focus, just to make Christ known through our lives, just to to remind everyone, hey, we were all sinners and we needed a savior. We couldn't save ourselves. It is by the grace of God that we can come now and say we are saved through faith in Christ alone. And it's always wonderful to hear just the how different our lives are, but yet it comes to one main point, and that is Jesus Christ. And as I was telling you before we, uh, you, you know, we started recording, I got the opportunity to listen to your testimony in the Abide podcast. Mm -hmm. We love Natalie and Katie. So grateful for our sisters and uh, special thanks to Natalie for connecting me with you. And uh, I was just amazed to to hear again, you know, like I love listening to testimonies and just to hear where the Lord brought you out of and where you are now. It just makes you praise him so much more. Like sometimes we think that some people are so far from the reach of the Lord, but no one is. No one That's is. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I was a, a hard case um, because <laughs> I was raised with a false gospel and this religion called Christian science. It's not Scientology like, you know, Tom Cruise. If this is Christian science, it's an old religion that twists the gospel, says that Jesus was a, just a man who was a role model to teach us how to heal people. And um, I'm a fourth generation Christian scientist. I'm not anymore, obviously, but my whole family 
um, except for my dad, who was Presbyterian, but he didn't take the role of spiritual leader, tragically, in our family. So my mm-hmm. brother and I were raised Christian science. And it's, it's this belief that you control your reality with your thoughts. And, um, and it's a lot of like hocus pocus mixed with a little bit of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the thing is, sometimes it worked. You know, sometimes people would have healings. And so that's why my mom is still in it, um, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, from there, I, I, I got um, a BA and an MA in psychology, and I became a psychotherapist and, mm-hmm. uh, and then started to get involved with the New Age, which was the same as Christian science in so many ways, because the New Age teaches you, again, that you can control the, the world with your thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. And it twists scripture like, uh, be still and know that I am God, to say that, that that's about you and me, that we're God. And that we're supposed to meditate that we're God and that we're supposed to co-create with God and we're little gods and goddesses. I mean, just blasphemy and heresy. But it's um, I was in that for 22 years and I started to teach other people about the new age, which I've completely repented for. And I, if anyone's watching who had read my books from there, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I was deceived. I didn't know. And, and the feedback I kept getting from people was that I was helping them. And so I would give seminars, write books. I had these little angel cards with messages on them. And, and people would write to me and tell me at my seminars, oh, you, you helped me. You changed my life. So mm-hmm. I didn't know. And then a lot of the people who came to my workshops were professing Christians. And they had, you know, a cross on their neck. And, and I, I didn't know that I was doing something against God's will. My mom always told my brother and I, we were Christians because she thinks she's a Christian, even though she's following a false God and a false gospel. So I had no reason to believe that I was doing anything wrong. It wasn't like I was rebelling against God consciously. I was certainly um, in truth, but um, it wasn't until I, on January, I think it was the 15th, 2015, I was driving along, and as usual, I was listening to Christian radio. I'd been listening to Christian radio for decades because I thought I was a Christian, but my heart was hard, my conscience was seared, and so it the gospel just didn't convict me ever. But this day yeah. it did. January 2015, Alistair Begg came on the radio. I loved him, still do. He's one of my favorite pastors, and he he was talking about 2 Timothy 4, which is that passage i'm sure you know about in the end times people will want their itching ears tickled by false teachers and so he he's describing a false teacher in this radio broadcast and and i it was like finally the holy spirit was able to get through to me and i i recognized myself in alistair's description of a false teacher and mm-hmm. and it convicted me and i thought okay he's Alistair's saying, don't give false hope. So I'm not going to give false hope anymore. I, w- I used to tell people the worst is behind you. God will heal whatever's going on in your life. I mean, completely unbiblical promises I was making. So I stopped that. And I, I, I had been listening to this radio program while driving. And when I got home, I told my husband, I said, I really want to go to church and not a new age church. I want to go to a, a regular church and I want to read the Bible. I just, it, it just opened me up. And I wanted to know more. So we had no denomination discernment. So we started out at a Pentecostal church at Foursquare. 
and and we weren't getting fed you know with scripture there it was mostly um kind of testimonies reminded me of christian science i love the people there but i i wanted to learn we didn't know where to go so we ended up at an episcopal church which you know they have big issues but they were the nicest people episcopalians mm-hmm. have a reputation well deserved of being mm-hmm. very hospitable and they just welcomed us with open arms. They didn't put us down for wearing new age tie-dye clothes. And, you know, we look like new agers. Um, they welcomed us. And so we were there for two years. Uh, we did a lot of volunteer work with VBS and and all sorts of things at the church. Um, but then um, I finally was reading the whole Bible. And when I got to Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, where... The Israelites are about to go across the Jordan River into Canaan, and Moses, he knows he's not going to go. He's he's reiterating the Ten Commandments and giving more substance, you know, more uh, kind of fleshing them out for the Israelites. And, and he's in Deuteronomy 18, he says, don't be like the pagans. Don't burn your sons and daughters in the fire. Don't Involve yourself with fortune-telling, divination, interpretation of omens, witchcraft, sorcery, mediumship. Now, I had never been involved with witchcraft. It's, it's always scared me. It still does. Mm-hmm. But I had, I had been involved with fortune-telling and mediumship and interpreting signs and omens and, so, and divination. So this list, and then it said at the end of Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, it says, people who do these things are an abomination are detestable to God. And I said, what? But I, you know, I, I'm, I knew it was true. I knew this was God's word. The Bible is God's word, but to read the opposite of what I believed about myself was, it was, it just broke me because I thought I was helping God. I mean, it's so stupid now and blasphemous. I thought God needed my help. Yeah. Um, But when I read that I was, I, not the practices, but me as a person was an abomination detestable to God. I just got on the knee, my knees on the floor. And I just said, I did not know. I did not know. Please forgive me, please. I'm so sorry. I, I was just crying my eyes out because I felt like a fool. You know, I felt like, how could I, how did, why didn't no one tell me, but they had tried to tell me, but Mm. Again, I had that hard heart, the seared conscious. You didn't listen, right? I didn't listen. So that that was, I was probably 57 or 50, I'm 63 now. I was probably 57 mm. or 58 years old. So we're talking about me as a senior citizen who had never read the whole Bible. I had just read bits and pieces my whole life uh, yeah. and just trying to learn how to obey God at, at mm. that age. while being a public figure, because Mm -hmm. at that point, I was the best selling new age author in the world, not to brag, but that's what my job was. I was, my publisher was flying my husband and I around first class all around the world to sold out workshops, where I was teaching heresy. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, you know, since that Alistair Begg sermon, I had not given false hope anymore. But I was still teaching things like you can call on angels for help. Mm -hmm. And and you can talk to your deceased relatives. I mean, I was teaching things that the Bible condemns and mm-hmm. thinking I was helping God because people were telling me I was helping them. And so 2017, two years later, when I finally read the whole Bible, 
that's when I just realized I was a false teacher, a false prophet, a false heretic. And like you said at the beginning, um, I, I pray that my testimony gives encouragement to someone who's got deceived family members um, or who is praying for a false teacher, of which there are many. Um, yeah. And just say, don't give up on us. Pray for us. After I got saved, so many people told me they'd been praying for me. <laughs> and I'm so thankful that they didn't give up on me. Um, my brother got saved two, 20 years before I did. And so he oh, was really, yeah, he was always praying mm-hmm. to his, um, for, he, he was asking his men's Bible study to pray for me. So now That's my brother cool. and I, yeah, my brother and I are both Baptists and I'm reformed Baptist with my husband. He got saved at the same time. And, oh, and wow. That yeah. is a blessing there, you know, yeah. it doesn't normally happen like that for a lot no. of people. No, I, I am. It's a miracle that I was saved. Doreen, I I also, because uh, I like people to give us a little background also about their upbringing. So I kind of want to go back to your childhood and just kind of describe to us, uh, how was life like growing up for you? What what was family, like the environment within your family? Because, you know, like I love hearing what was life really before Christ? Like, can you just walk us through there from your childhood all the way until you get into the, how do you get to the new age? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was kind of raised new age. Um, My parents, my, my dad was a Presbyterian, but he went along with Christian science for my mom. And, and so my mom would not take us to doctors. Um, And, you know, my brother and I, we would get normal childhood illnesses and we would fall down and cut ourselves and, you know, things like that. We wouldn't go to a doctor. My mom would pray over us. And, and so, you know, that it's, that's where I, it messed me up because I could go to the Bible. I had a Bible since the time I was a little tiny child, I had my own Bible and I was encouraged to read it and we would go to church twice a week. And so I just thought that that's what Christians do. You know, we just, and so and it would work. That's the thing that was so confusing is my mom. I remember our car breaking down, my mom praying over it and it worked. I remember our dish, our washing machine, our clothes washing machine breaking. She, she literally physically went to the washing machine, put her hands on it and prayed over it. And it started to work. So I had this childhood where it just seemed like you, you just pray and things happen. But what it did is it gave me as a child, this belief that God was like a genie and that if I had enough faith and if I prayed right, the right prayer, that he would do whatever I wanted to do. And that made me kind of a narcissist um, because I didn't see him with the awe and the reverence and the fear that we need to see our creator, our maker, the the yeah. one who spoke the universe into existence. So, so because I had that upbringing, um, I, I was overly confident in myself. I believed in myself, like a lot of secular people teach. And, um, and so it was just this odd childhood where we were at church all the time. And all of our friends were Christian scientists, except for a couple. And, um, and there, you know, Christian science has their rituals, like all false religions do. Mm. Um, so I don't remember playing a lot. I just remember praying a lot. Mm. So, and I think that's like a lot of what people think that God is just a genie that is supposed to yeah. grant them their wishes. So w- what about your parents? Did How 
deep were there in that? Like, what were they teaching you guys at home? Like, these are some of the things that you're seeing, like, oh, mom is spraying over everything and things just happen. How is that possible that things just get fixed up? Like even a washing machine or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure you know who Justin Peters is, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I asked him, um, a couple of years ago, I asked him, how is it possible that I saw real healings at new age events? You know, I was involved in shamanism and Reiki healing and new age healing methods and then Christian science. And I saw real healing. What's going on there? And Justin Peters explained because, you know, he went to Dallas Theological Seminary and he did his dissertation on uh, charismatic false healings. And he he himself, he has cerebral palsy. He had gone to charismatic uh, services trying to get healed. So he knows a lot about false healings, false teaching mm-hmm. healings. So he said to me that he said it's very nuanced that demons will inflict illness and injury and problems on people and then lead them to a false teacher where it appears that they got healed because the demons will release their oppression. And I thought, now that fits because I can remember demonic things happening from childhood. So can my brother, where there'd be kind of like poltergeist things and and really, really bad nightmares. I mean, nightmares I can still remember to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that um, our family had demons in our house. And I think the demons were involved in a lot of the so-called healings that Mm. we had just to kind of keep us hooked into that. And that, that makes more sense to me than anything. And then what leads to you now? Cause you, uh, you said in the beginning that you were one of the top selling book author in the new age. How do you get there? Uh, What makes you decide like, Hey, so I'm going to start just writing these books too change people's life or whatever it is, you know, within like in that mindset that you used to have. So how do you get to that point? Yeah, well, I mean, I was with a uh, publisher called Hay House, H-A-Y, and um, they fired me in November 2017 because I posted on Facebook Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, Mm. saying this is what, you know, this this is the verse that really, really convicted me. And yeah. so they told me that that verse could offend witches and they were publishing witches and witchcraft books. So um, anyway, but I was their top selling author and I was touring with a lot of um, famous new agers for 22 years, like Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and um, you know, the guy who wrote conversations with God and all those folks, we would just travel from city to city setting up um workshops in convention centers all around the world. And again, I really regret this, but at the time it seemed like it was my job and I felt like I was helping God. It seemed like every one of us new age authors were sincere. I didn't see that there was, you know, like someone asked me recently if, if people were scamming in the new age, I didn't, I didn't see that there was scamming, but there was a lot of materialism. Um, It was a lot of, um, focused on how many people we can get to these workshops, how many tickets we can sell, how many books we can sell. I mean, it was very, very money oriented for a so-called altruistic, you know, the new age paints paints itself as being altruistic, but uh, it's just as bad as those televangelists who are always 
asking for seed money. And, you know, it was, um, it was a lot of push for money. And how did I get, to, I was the top selling author because I was so prolific. I had 70 products. And so none of them really sold that much, but collectively together, they sold that much, mostly because since I was a child, I loved to write. And I just, it's just, it's a pleasure for me to write. And, um, and so I just, I just kept going. I would write like sometimes three or four books a year and my publisher loved it. They encouraged it. And I got a lot of, you know, ego strokes from that. And I was a narcissist definitely back then. I thought I really believed like false prophets believe that every thought I got was a message from God that I needed to put in a book to share with others, to help them. And I mean, just crazy amount of narcissism in that kind of belief. Um, you know, Isaiah says from God, my thoughts are not your thoughts. I mean, I know the difference now where in new age, there's this belief. It's very from, from Eastern spirituality that we are one with God and that there's zero separation between mm-hmm. us and God, instead of seeing God as our creator and our creation, we are the creation. Yeah, um, big, big differences. One of the things with the new age is that it was all about glorifying yourself. And you would say these positive affirmations, I am beautiful, I'm wonderful, I'm abundant, I'm healthy, I've got a million friends, you know, all these things. And, and they would work, you know, a lot of those things I affirmed would come true. Again, I'm sure the demons were acting as agents to boost mm-hmm. me up and, and help me um, in, in a way that was demonic. Um, well, Christianity, as you know, is all about glorifying God. That's our purpose to glorify God. So uh, what I'm doing nowadays is, is talking to professing Christians who are either knowingly or unknowingly using new age methods, and they don't realize they cannot blend their oil and water, the new age, the, all of it's condemned in the Bible, but people don't read the Bible, do they? And so they don't know this. Yeah. So hopefully they'll listen to my testimony that while these these methods seem to make you feel good and they seem to work, they're demonic and it'll destroy you and your family. It it has destroyed my family, unfortunately. I'm praying for my family, but it's it's um it's caused a great deal of pain. Yeah. Yeah. And um some of the practices that you had in, within that, because you said that you guys will travel around the world. So what what are some of the things that you were practicing that you were teaching that you were doing? You said that you didn't get into witchcraft, but you did like uh, card readings and and things like that. So what are some of the things like how deep and dark did it get for you in there now that you see it from this Mm -hmm. side of, you know, of the story, basically? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there was times where I got into, um, I guess you'd call it goddess worship. Mm. where I was teaching audiences who the different goddesses were from different cultures and, and how to call on them for favors. And I would tell people, the more friends you have in heaven, the better. So I would teach invocations to call on deities that the Bible condemns as false gods, false idols. And, and you know, we, we are told to only worship God, only worship the one true, our, our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I was worshiping Buddhist, Hindu, Celtic, Native American, you name it, deities. And again, I've repented. I've totally regretted. I was just, I was ignorant and 
deceived myself. So I would teach that. And then, as you mentioned, the cards, um, I was obsessed with trying to control my future because I didn't know God. Christian science had taught me that God was just an energy. Um, the Christian science calls him infinite mind. And, and so I was like, how can you have a relationship with a mind, with an energy? So I wanted, you know, all of us to know God in our hearts. Jeremiah says that, Jeremiah 31. Um, God reveals himself to everyone through his creation and nature. Psalms tell us that. Um, and, and so I wanted to know God, like we all do deep down, but I didn't know how to get close to an energy. So I got into angels. They seemed accessible. And I thought I was following Jesus, but I was following the false Jesus that Jesus himself warned about. And so uh, these cards that I made had images of angels on them. And I, I was raised in Christian science that your thoughts create your reality. New Age teaches that too. And that you must completely keep your thoughts positive or you will attract or create something negative. Mm. And so there's, there's this real phobia that if you would say something negative, you know, the sky's going to fall on you. The, you're going to lose it all. Everything's bad's going to happen. And, and you're blamed in the new age if bad things happen to you, mm. that it's your fault for saying something bad for your karma, you know, which is twisting of reaping and sowing. Um, yeah. you're, you're taught if you don't have enough faith in yourself, not God, that that's why bad things happen. So so my cards with angels on them would all have super positive messages like believe in yourself or, um, you know, just, just little trite sayings. And, mm-hmm. and so they were very popular from by professing Christians would buy them um, and new agers and people of different denominations because we were all big, biblically ignorant and we didn't know any better. We didn't know that the Bible tells us not to rely on ourselves, that mm-hmm. the heart is deceitful, but we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and, and lean on him, not lean on our own understanding. So I had it all backwards in the new age. And that's unfortunately what I was teaching. Yeah. You know, I want to actually bring up uh, something that I heard in uh, Natalie's um, podcast where they, when you were sharing and the reason why it's because I, growing up, I kind of will hear about these things. I like about going to, like even my dad. I remember, like I like I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I was raised Catholic, but my dad wasn't like really practicing the religion, right? And one in the Catholic Church, we believe that we can like pray to the dead, like that they will, you know. It was like so weird, like oh yeah, pray to do your your dead grandmother. And she will help you with whatever is happening in your life. Or my dad, who was like drinking alcohol every single day, he will drink every day. And my family just thought like, oh my goodness, no, he has something wrong. Like there is something wrong with him. And they decided to take him to some person like away from our city, pretty far. And this person literally told him things of like where he will find like a dead, like, chicken and there like a chicken had died in there i was raised like i told you in dominican republic so we had like a avocado tree and in there buried under the tree he was going to find um some sort of stuff that was put there as a witchcraft i don't know it was like so confusing i was just a child and i'm being exposed to that and i don't understand what's happening but basically this person just had never been in our town 
never and like we didn't know him like this is the first time that my dad is going there but yet he's telling him things that happen to be true which is like weird because who told you like you 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 will think oh somebody told you about my life but nobody had nobody knew this person so you were uh somewhere i believe at a um a conference i don't know somewhere and you were describing how you will uh basically you couldn't see the audience but mm -hmm. you will say a name of a person probably right and this person looked this way and and so on and things will be true yeah Do you recall yeah. that? Can you, oh, do you mind yeah. just sharing like some of the things that will happen at this event and how is it that these things came to be true? Nobody told you about it. Yeah, no, it happened every event. Um, I was traveling around the world for 22 years and, uh, you know, usually four different cities in a month. Mm -hmm. And um, and I, I regret what that did to my children because they would either go with me or stay home. And anyway, so I got... I would go and I'd be in front of an audience of maybe a thousand people in an auditorium with dim lights. And so I can't really see people. Um, I, I would have never, ever thought of cheating. Like, you know, some psychics, I guess they would go on Facebook and figure people out. It wasn't like that. It was cold readings. And I would start by, I would pray. That's the irony. I would pray, really blasphemously, I would say, God, Holy Spirit, Jesus, and Archangel Michael. That's who I prayed to, because I, I borrowed a lot from Catholicism. So I was mm -hmm. very much into Mother Mary and Archangel mm -hmm. Michael and praying to them. And so I would pray for them. And then I would pray to know who in the audience needed a reading. I'd call it an angel reading is what I, like I would be talking to their angels, but they were fallen angels. I didn't know to, at the time. And then I would hear a name or I would see a name and including the spelling. So it'd be Sarah and it'd be Sarah with an H. And then I would get with my body. I would feel what direction of this big auditorium they'd be sitting in. And I'd be like over here is a Sarah. And then I might see a, a vision of daisies or, or a, a black poodle or some, I'd see something to help identify and narrow it down because there's probably 50 Sarahs in the yeah. audience. And, and then from there I would get, just like you said with this this witchcraft person with your dad, I would get real messages that were very accurate from demons. I thought they were from angels, but I would get names of their deceased loved ones. I would know how their deceased loved ones died specifically. I would get, you know, so many, and I was not as good as some of the psychics I was traveling with. I was traveling with some very famous psychics who would get your a street address of where you used to live, you know, and wow. the breed, the, yeah, the breed of dog that you had when you were a child. I mean, just, we, we were on a worldly sense, we were good. And that's one of the reasons we were so popular is because we were giving real information and, and then people would be crying in the audience. Thank you. I know you're really talking to my uncle because nobody knew this, but me and, and, I mean, it made me think that I was talking to Sarah's uncle, you know, I, I was, wow. I, um, it was so weird all the time. It was just living in this bizarre, never, I was like constantly in a trance all those years. My, it's like my whole life went by, you know, living in a trance and um, thank the good Lord for letting me live years as a Christian. I'm telling you this, the new age is, is just a weird delusion. So, so yeah, I, you, that person talking with your dad 
got fed real information. Demons are not omnipotent like God is, um, but they definitely have been studying humanity for what, 5,000 years. So they know a lot and they are evil geniuses. They're so devious. That's why I tell people, don't try to cast out demons on your own. They'll outsmart you. Just call on the one who throughout the Bible and the New Testament is casting out demons, Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. pray for Jesus to cast out demons. And, and so that's second uh, Corinthians eleven fourteen says that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. And that's what happened is I got fooled by Satan and his minions, his demons masquerading as angels of light. And I was talking to them. They were helping me to write books pro- prolifically, they were helping me with these angel readings. And so it was very real, but it was really from the devil. And it was leading people away from Jesus. Um, the apostle John in First John 4 said that we need to test the spirits. And if the spirits confess that Jesus came to earth as, as fully man, um, and of course we know he's, he was 100% man and 100% God, who came to earth to die in our place, a substitutionary sacrifice for the death and the, that we deserve for our sins. And that three days later after he died for us, he was raised from the dead and he now sits at the right hand of the father and he will return to judge us all. And those who are in Christ will be forgiven. We already have. And so we will be in heaven for eternity with Jesus and each other and uh, those who are not in Christ will be judged for the sins and everyone sinned, Romans 3.23. There's not one person who has not sinned. So those who are not in Christ are exposed and left on their own devices and they will be cast out as Jesus so clearly explained in the Bible. They'll go to hell. Yeah. And that's where, that's where I was going, except for the mercy and the grace of God. That's where I would have been. So I'm trying to warn people, you know, new age is hell bound. Yeah. And uh, I love what you're doing. I love that you're so persistent. And I, I can tell you that looking back at some of your old videos and looking now to your videos, the Lord has completely just made you new. And that's what he does with all of us before you were living for yourself. So like, you know, like, I see it like people just see themselves as little gods, like, or your own God. But no, we are to worship. We're not God. No, we we need to worship the true God. And just to see that transformation, it just brings so much joy mm-hmm. because it just, just leads you to all understand this is through the power of the gospel. No one can change man's heart. Like I love Psalm 14, where it says that there is no one good. It makes you remind yourself that every day, that you wake up, you are to praise God because it's like you said, by his grace and his mercy that we are now at peace with the Lord because mm-hmm. before we were going straight to hell. That's, right. That's where we were going. We were directed to hell. And there's so many people that just so openly reject the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's sad. Mm-hmm. It is sad because one of the things is we don't know the day and time that we're going to leave this world, that the Lord is going to call us home. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have Christ, then the only thing we have, honestly, is just hell. There is only heaven and hell. That there is nothing else. You're not. You're not going to purgatory, and someone is going to pray you out of purgatory, like I was taught in the Catholic uh, Catholic Church. No, you either go to straight to hell or you go to heaven. So if you are in Christ, then you know that you have hope, 
and, and you know that you will be with him. So that's yeah. that whole thing that we were just talking about, about like praying to the dead. That is not your dead grandmother talking to you. Those are demons like mm-hmm. you. I remember you saying on Natalie's podcast, those are demons. Don't believe that you're speaking to your, you know, you're talking to your dead family member. Those are demons. And you have to be so careful with that. And I know that you kind of explain a little bit in the beginning about that process of how you come to see yourself as that wretched sinner. Can you go back to that? Just like think about that day when you're, you say that you were driving in your car. Just, uh, just tell me a little bit about how that happened and what happened after you listen to the sermon and you go to different churches and yeah. What is like the process for you? It was confusing because, um, you know, as I said, we went to the Foursquare Church where we were given communion, um, and I shouldn't have taken communion because I wasn't saved. First Corinthians mm-hmm. 11 is very clear on that. Um, and then we were told to say the sinner's prayer as we were taking communion. And so in the New Age and in Christian science, we're taught that there is no such thing as sin. Uh, they fixate on Genesis 126 that says that we're made in the image and likeness of God. And so... The belief is that um, the whole Genesis 3 is a myth, that there was no fall of humanity, that we're still perfect, whole, and complete as God made us originally. I know, it's just blasphemy. and That I did not know. I I know, no, that's... That's why I'm like, what? Yeah, that's the underpinning is that we're good people. You know, we're good people. So if you said to me back then, let's say you were trying to evangelize to me, let's just say that you came to one of my new age events and you were very kind and gracious. You were like, let me just talk to you about Jesus. And you said to me, well, because you're a sinner, I would have felt like you were cussing at me and calling me a bad person to say I was a sinner. I didn't realize that we're all sinners. That just, that was never, ever part of my upbringing ever. I didn't know that until probably age 58. When I read Romans, oh, okay, there's no one who does good. No, not one. Quoting Psalm 14. Go to, yeah, yeah, that's my yeah. sound to go to. I'm like, no, no. oh, there, everyone is good. Let me show you here. Exactly. No. <laughs> God says, yeah. no, you are evil. We are evil. Right. Yeah. No. So, so I, so when I'd say the sinner's prayer at this Pentecostal church, I didn't, I didn't understand what that meant. I didn't know that I was a sinner. I was a really ignorant not rebellious. I really wanted to obey God, but I didn't know how till I read the whole Bible. So I was still using, I was going to church and then I'd come home and do tarot card readings and make a video about using cards. I was still practicing new age because I was biblically ignorant and I didn't understand, you know, sometimes people will come to me and they'll argue incorrectly for Christian freedom. That's not what Christian freedom means. It doesn't mean that you can go sin you know, consciously, it means Christian freedom is Galatians uh, 1 teaches, or Galatians 5 1 teaches that you can now choose not to sin. Before we're saved, we can't not not sin. I mean, we, we, we're just going to disobey and rebel against God, because that's who we were before Jesus gave us that new heart and that new life. So um, when I was, that day, when I first heard the Alistair Begg sermon, it changed me so much. I started to read the Bible um, and uh, I got a red letter Bible and NKJV uh, new, new King James because I was raised with King James and I just thought it was confusing. So I got a new King James and I started to read the red letters only. I don't recommend that red letter the- theology is not correct. 
but I just went through and I was re- reading this because you mentioned earlier, I just kind of wanted to tag on what you said, that if you're not in Christ, you're going to hell. In the New Age and in false religions like Christian science, people will argue with you that they are in Christ. I thought in the New Age I was a Christian, that Jesus was my spirit guide. In the New Age, Jesus is called an ascended master. And the belief is that he's on the same level as Buddha and Krishna and all the deities of the other religions that they're all working together like some big team to help humanity. That's the belief. So I, if you had come to me at that time before I was saved and said, you need Jesus, I would have said, well, I have, he's right here by my right shoulder is what I would have told you. I talk to him all the time, but see the false Jesus that if you read the gospels, Jesus warns about the false Jesus of the new age and in false churches is this laid back, almost like a hippie who says, as long as you're happy and positive, just go do, just follow your heart. And, mm-hmm. and the, the false Jesus is inclusive. You know, everybody can do whatever they want. Uh, it's like a woke Jesus, if you will. But <laughs> we know the real Jesus that I was reading after the Alistair Begg sermon in this red, the red letters of this NKJV Bible, who was saying things like, if you're ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you. He was saying things like, that there's going to be the separation of the wheat and the chaff, the, the sheep and the goats, and the, 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 those who are not in Christ are going to go to a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth and ever never-ending fire. And I was like, this doesn't sound like the Jesus I've been following my whole life. That's not very nice. <laughs> well, he, so, was very, he will call out the false teachers yeah. for sure. He was one of those, right? He was, he, yeah. what did he say to, I believe it was the Pharisees, like, you know, like your, no, your father is the devil, like That's Satan right. is your father. So he was like open, you know, like yeah. people think that Jesus, oh yeah, he's just like a loving and this and nice guy. No, he will call out those false mm-hmm. teachers, like false right. beliefs. Yeah. People were arguing with me when I first came out and said, okay, I'm a Christian. Because, you know, here I was, the the top-selling New Age author who was making YouTube videos since 2009 every week. And my YouTube videos were going out like 180 to 200,000 views per week on wow. YouTube. And and I'm always been very transparent, like this is what's going on in my life. So I'm telling my audience, okay, I'm a Christian. Um, I'm reading the Bible now. I'm getting baptized for the first time in my life, all these things. And people started arguing with me that, you know, all these things, that the Bible's corrupt, that, um, that you know, you can't trust Christianity. It's based on old Sumerian Egyptian spirituality that Jesus, and then the other one, I, they would argue with me, well, Jesus dined with the tax pay, tax collectors and the, and the prostitutes and other sinners. So he must accept everybody for whatever they're doing. And so I'd be in this position where I was just a baby Christian with people writing to me. And I was overstepping at that point because I didn't really understand theology. And I've just now finishing up my master's in theology from Western Seminary where I've been going full-time since January 2019, just so I could answer questions or point them to a solid pastor to answer questions. I, I have no aspirations to be a female pastor. You know, First Timothy 2.12 is for today. Yeah. Um, I agree with Dr. MacArthur about that. There's, you know, no such thing as a female pastor. But I did want to be equipped, as the Bible tells us, to read and study the Bible to be equipped 
so that we could um, tell others we could be apologists and evangelizers, you know, go and make disciples, Matthew 28. So that's why I've gone to seminary. But at the time, people were coming to me and, and arguing for the new age. And I didn't really know what to say. I, so I would send them to gotquestions.org, which is a pretty solid site. Some, some of the articles. Yeah, I use it a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I was, I was sending them then to Blue Letter Bible, which mm-hmm. kind of, it's Calvary Chapel. So it's a little different theology than they have now, but it's for primary issues, it's solid. And, um, and, and so I was trying to help people to understand this revelation that I had had that God does not want us to do new age practices. And it doesn't matter if you say you're a professing Christian or you say you're a new ager, if you're doing new age things, you're, you are an abomination to God. And, you know, Jesus said in John 14, 15, if we love him, we will obey his commandments. And the number one commandment, of course, is to love God with all of our heart, soul, and how do you love God? You obey him. You trust him. So it's not that our actions save us. We both know this. Someone watching may not know this, um, that you can't save yourself. Only Jesus can save us. So our, our works can't save us. But once we're saved, we want to do good works. We want to please God. We want to be more Christ-like. We want to be obedient. And we'll mess up. None of us are perfect. We're all still sinners. But once we're saved, sin just breaks us. It weighs on us so heavily that we're repenting daily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so it's just I'm I'm in a whole new life. It was like if it was like being taken at age fifty eight or fifty nine. I don't know how old I was, but you know, late fifties, and being taken out of my where I'd been my whole life and being put into a foreign country with a foreign language. I just uh, all of a sudden. You know, I my new age friends, except for a couple, would no longer speak to me. My new age family members would no longer speak to me. People were telling me that I was a horrible person for leaving the new age and just calling me all sorts of names. And I was just fired. Uh, we lost. We had a beautiful ranch in Hawaii that we thought we'd live at for the rest of our lives. We lost that because we could no longer afford it. Um, just you know, my whole life was turned upside down. And then I've gone through tremendous slander from people since I've um, been in the public eye as a Christian. But I'm only here because other people still sell my old products. It's going; they're going away. You know, praise the Lord, they're going out of print. But they're oh, still already? out there. You, you got oh, it. Yeah. You got it fixed. No, it's not all fixed because I don't okay. sell them. Other people do. I wrote to everyone. I said, "Don't yeah. sell these things." But they're making money, and you know how people. Yeah. Anyway, so so there, and my products are still out there, and I want to make sure that if people still buy them, that they can find me and find the gospel on my website or social media. I do not ask for donations. Um, I have one book that Thomas Nelson came to me and asked me to write my testimony. I don't even push that book, you know. So people will accuse me that I'm a Christian for money. I'm like, where do you see me asking for money? I won't. I don't even have a Patreon account. You know, I do for helping other people, but not for myself. And and so my only reason for being a Christian is Jesus, because Jesus saved me. I'm so grateful, and I'm so concerned about people who are still in the New Age. And, and particularly, I'm concerned that there's New Age practices in the church. Like, if I could take a moment to oh, yes, describe please, them. Yeah. Okay, please, okay. Yeah. so 
So the new age, you can recognize it by that it's about glorifying the self. So the things in the church that are glorifying the self, number one is the Enneagram, uh, which is a personality test that unfortunately churches are pushing. And it makes you think that your identity is an Enneagram number rather than your identity in Christ. So it's, um, it's also got its roots in the new age. The inventor of the nine personality types, the nine enneotypes, Claudia Naranjo, publicly admits, and I have a video of him admitting this, that he got all that information about the Enneagram through the process like I was using called automatic writing, where you go into a trance and spirits come in, unfamiliar spirits and uh, or familiar spirits, you know, the demons, and they yeah. give you information. So the root of Enneagram is demonic and it cannot be redeemed. People can be redeemed, not things, not occult things. Yoga is the other one that drives me crazy that's in um, in churches. Again, yoga cannot be redeemed. It is a Hindu worship practice. Every single pose, asana in yoga, which I did for 20 years in New Age, every single pose is bowing down to a different de- de- deity or demon. Uh, the warrior pose is acting out a demon murder scene, Virabhadrasa. And people will tell me there's holy yoga, but you can't do it that way. It's like saying there's holy Ouija board or holy tarot. You can't redeem something and make it Christian by putting the name Christian in front of it or holy or gospel. You know, the people say there's gospel Enneagram. No, it doesn't work that way. You're disobeying God. Stop it. Repent. Your identity is not in the Enneagram. Yoga is not for Christians. It's not just stretching. It's not just exercise. It is a pagan worship practice. People in India are shocked that Christians in America do yoga. They, they're like, why would you guys appropriate our culture as Hindus for Christian Americans? Uh, I could go on about that. The other one that I see that's very new age in the church is the Jesus Calling books. Jesus Calling, I know John MacArthur has talked about this. Um, was It's a woman named Sarah Young who felt like she did, was not getting enough out of our sufficient, authoritative, inerrant Bible, which upsets me to no end. But that, that's how I was when I was in the new age, you know, I've got to find the secret somewhere else. So Sarah Young channels some demon who's pretending to be Jesus. And just today I got a letter from someone who said, well, she backs it up with scripture just because she'll put at the bottom of her channeled page, something like first Timothy two fourteen. That is not backing things up with scripture that go to, go to those scriptures she has at the bottom of her pages and actually look it up in the Bible. You'll see it has nothing to do with what she's channeled. And what she's channeling is the opposite of what Jesus said. He's, mm-hmm. he, and he can't contradict himself because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the Jesus calling books need to be burned. And, mm-hmm. and please pray for Sarah Young to be like me and repent and to, you know, denounce her products like I'm denouncing my old products. Uh, you can see those those are just so upsetting to me because I, when I came out of the new age, I really thought I was done with it. And I was shocked to see it everywhere in the churches. Wow. I, I was like, and, and I find is that professing Christians just don't know, A, because they haven't read the whole Bible, they're not studying it. And B, because they haven't lived in the new age like I did. You know, yeah. I, I have I have insider information because I was there before God's grace and mercy saved me. Yeah. 
And honestly, I wasn't even familiar with the whole new age thing. Like I wasn't. I I started seeing um, Natalie, Katie, and some other uh, brothers and sisters that I follow, you know, now that we're doing the podcast. And I just start seeing this whole thing about like new age. And then through them, I found you. And then I watched like the video, you know, one video that you have giving your testimony. I think it was from the American Gospel. Yes. Right. A short clip and and just you explaining and like the cutaways and things that you were saying. I was like, what? Yeah. Like I wasn't familiar with all those things. And and I'm so glad that you actually answered that question because I, that was one of my questions because a lot of people might not even know that they're practicing something that it's from yep. the new age. And That's right. how can you know? And I love that you mentioned those things. So now if you identify that, oh, these are things that, you know, the, thing, the things that I'm practicing, one, like you said, yes, I need to repent and really repent to the Lord and, and stop doing that. But what about items? Like there are items like, I guess, necklaces or things like yeah. crystals and things like that. How did I know that something that is was gifted to me pertains to the new age, you know? Mm-hmm. And is yeah. that bad if somebody give it to, gives it to me? What is wrong with the item itself? Yeah. Well, crystals are, are one of those items um, in the same category as oils, because the Bible has crystals from Genesis to Revelation. And, you know, the, the high priests would wear crystals on their ephods um, and representing the different tribes of Israel. So crystals, God made, obviously, they are God's creation. So if you can have them in your home and honestly say that you're looking at them like you do a bouquet of flowers, there's no problem. The problem is, is when we make crystals into idols, same with essential oils, essential oils. Well, the Bible has distilled oils different than essential. Um, But are you thinking that the crystal or the oil has a special power apart from God? And if you believe that you're practicing idolatry and you're violating um, commandments one and two, which is the 10 commandments are still for today. A lot of people don't know that they think, Oh, that's the old Testament. No, Jesus he, he said that these are two of the most important commandments, but he said on these two, all the other commandments hang. So mm-hmm. he didn't dismiss all the commandments. And yes, he fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the ceremonial law, but the moral law, the Ten Commandments. So what do they say? That we're to have no other gods before him and that we're to have no statues, which you mentioned you're from Catholicism and they use statues when I was Episcopalian. We yeah. it, it's called it, Catholic light, um, and we or holy water. They have the holy yeah. water too that is yeah. supposed to protect you, right? And so that's idolatry, thinking that something has power, and it's not in the Bible it, except to say, "Don't bow." All over the Bible, don't bow down to statues. They're made by man. They can't see. They can't hear. But when I was a New Ager, every city we would go to, we would stop at a Catholic cathedral, um, and we would light white candles to. Mary or the saints asking for favors because we thought, well, this is the church, so it must be Christian. And, you know, there are saved Catholics. I'm convinced of that, but those they're not saved by works or sacraments. We are saved by God's grace through our faith in Jesus as our Lord and savior. And that's where there's a big difference between Catholicism and Christianity. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And the rosary cannot protect you either. Like there no. is that whole thing. Like I will carry one or one, I guess, like a necklace with Mary on it. And it's like, oh, this is here to protect me. Well, they had something. I can't, I don't know the word in, in, in English, but there was something called there. It was like, um, 
a, a string, right? And it had like angels sometimes or, or my grandmother was big with that. Like she used to have those and apparently it was supposed to protect you too. So you're just giving this item like it's idolatry. Like you said, you're given what is supposed to be gods. Like that right. thing doesn't have power to protect no. you. The only one who is omnipresent, omnipotent is, is the Lord himself, not the item itself. You know, like, I mean, just get rid of it, <laughs> just burn it or do, you know, just get rid of it. No. So I do want to go back to uh, the part of your conversion. I don't know if it was um, also in Natalie's podcast that I heard. I think it was like right before or in the process, when you were in the process, there was an episode where you saw a demon or something like that. A, a vision. You, yeah. yeah. Do you mind yeah. sharing a sure. little bit about what was that yeah. process like for you? Yeah. Yeah. And it was so confusing. And I just want to say thank you to Justin Peters and, and Pastor Chris Rosebro, who helped me through. And then and some others like uh, Warren Smith, who helped me to understand. So before I was saved, um, I want to back up. I've been having visions I don't have them now, but my whole life, since I was a child, I had visions. Um, and I'd have visions of Jesus that I had written about since I was a child. Um, and so be before I was saved, I was at the Episcopalian Church on January 7th, 2017, sometime in January 2017, two years after I heard the Alistair Begg sermon on the radio. And um, I was at the service, and all of a sudden, it was like everyone was gone and I saw this vision who I identified as Jesus. Now we don't know what Jesus looked like, but you know, he looked like some of the paintings that anyway. I know yeah. second, second uh, commandment violation, but I saw this vision and, um, and, but at the same time I saw the vision, this is what confused me is that I got this complete knowledge or revelation or understanding that the bible is god's inerrant word it really is real that jesus really is god's son and that he really did die on the cross for our sins and i, I it was like i just got this download all of a sudden of all that and i know that sounds elementary you're like well yeah every christian believes that but before that point i was struggling with all those thoughts because of years of of being told that the Bible was tampered with, that Jesus was just a man. That's how I was raised. Uh, New Age taught that he was an ascended master. Um, mm -hmm. and the New Age taught that Jesus did not really die in the crucifixion. I, I had been influenced by a horrible book called A Course in Miracles that is often referred to as the New Age Bible that taught that the crucifixion was just a metaphor. It wasn't literal. And so for me to, on January, I think it was 7th, 2017, to have that insight that I went from being a skeptic to knowing with every fiber of my being that the gospel is true. And at the same time, I'm having this vision of a being I thought was Jesus. I thought the vision brought me that knowledge. You know, that's what I thought. And so that's what I, that was part of my testimony for a while until... Justin Peters and Chris Rosebro mm. helped me to understand that that was just one more vision, like a last hurrah from the devil. And it was spiritual warfare that day that the demon pretending to be Jesus was coming to keep me hooked in um, because I had been entertaining kind of a fantasy at that point before I was saved. And I was, I was going to Christian churches. Uh, I had this kind of fantasy that I would be a female prophetess. I thought I'd go from a being a new age psychic 
to being a Christian psychic and I would be mm-hmm. a prophetess. And I was following false teachers. I was following Joyce Meyer mm-hmm. and I was following this woman who had a prophecy school in Florida. And, uh, you know, the, these were not biblical, biblically sound women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that was happening. So Chris Rosebro thinks that that vision of what I thought was Jesus at the time was trying to pull me into the new apostolic reformation, NAR um, uh, prophecy kind of thing. I probably would have ended up on Bethel stage. Um, I was just, there was this tug of war going on at the same time where God was unveiling the gospel that I'd been hearing since the nineties, when I started listening to Christian radio, because I, I was a universalist. I was convinced that all paths led to God, you know, like those coexist bumper stickers. That was me. So I would listen to a Buddhist monk. I would listen to a Hindu guru. I would listen to a native American shaman. And then I would listen to a Christian pastor and I would listen to them all. I go, Oh, you know, this is all leading to God. I had this big book of uh, world religion and I would look it up to see how Christianity was the same as, you know, all these other religions. And of course it wasn't, but that was my belief. So, so I had heard the gospel for years and years. I had listened to the whole uh, new Testament when I, in the nineties, I went to the library and got a recording of the new Testament. I'd listened to the whole thing. So the gospel was in me, but Chris Rosebro said it was like packed in ice. And he pointed me to Isaiah I think it's 5510, where it says, God's word does not return void. And how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the gospel. So I had been brought the gospel, and it could not return void. It always does something. Mm -hmm. And that day, on January 7, 2017, it was like the ice was melted on my heart, and I got it. And you could not talk me out of the gospel for anything. I mean, I know it's real. And but I was, but then at that point is before I was saved because I had not given my life to Jesus because I didn't know I was a sinner. I just knew that Jesus died for sins, but it was an abstract con- uh, concept. I had to read the Bible to go to Deuteronomy 18 to, to identify myself as a sinner, a wretched sinner who had really, really been an enemy of God when all that time I thought I was uh, helping God. And, um, and it broke me to realize that, but I needed to be broken. I needed to be humbled so that I would get on my knees and pray that I would be forgiven and pray that Jesus would take over my life as my Lord and Savior. So that's what happened to me. Um, the vision at first, um, I thought it was Jesus. I wrote about it. I, I'm embarrassed to say that I hung on to it only because it happened at the same time that I believed the gospel. Yeah. So I wrote about it in this book that I wrote. Um, I, I finished the book in early 2020, 2020. Uh-huh. And, and then a month after the book came out is when Chris Rosebro helped me to see, whoops, that vision wasn't from God. So Thomas Nelson was so nice. They helped me to rewrite that part of the book and the Kindle version is updated. Um, the book itself, once it's reprinted, if it's ever reprinted, uh, will be updated. And I've got the updated chapter on my website, chapter nine, um, to, um, you know, to explain that I've been accused of changing my testimony. It is a changed testimony only because I'm learning and growing and mm-hmm. I've repented for not understanding that. But 
you know, I just hope people will give me grace because I am, um, you know, still growing and learning like we all are. Yeah. And I think we even, I mean, we just finished in my uh, women's Bible study, we just finished um, studying the book of Acts. And even in Acts, we see someone really just zealous to preach Christ, sharing Christ. But then we see other brothers and sisters setting them apart and be like, this is the full gospel now, like teaching them how to properly now really truthfully share the whole gospel of Jesus Christ, right? So that's what we do as believers, Mm -hmm. that we don't know everything. Uh, We will die not knowing everything from the Bible. And we are all work in progress and we are all growing in this. Like there is so much more that we still need to learn about. There is so much more that there is yet to learn, to to be learned from the word of God. But all that we got to do is have a teachable heart. You know, and I think I see that in you. And repent. Repent. Well, first of all, yeah, that's the the main thing that as soon as somebody, you know, addresses something in your heart that you repent from it, that you don't, you know, you don't let your pride take over and be like refusing to accept what is being told, you know, what they're trying to teach you, but that you really just come to the Lord and bring it up to him. And I think that's what I, you know, from the videos, like I, I, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person someday. Yeah, yeah, I've been so cool. Yes, and I've been seeing your videos, and uh, you're, I think that I appreciate that that you are very. The Lord has given you a humble heart to really just confess and and really ask for repentance. And you repent, and that is the first thing that we must do because we know that it's not that we're offending people, but it's that we are offending God. And that is the main problem. God is holy. There is no sin in God. And that's why we need to repent. And like you said, you were never taught about sin. So how can you repent if you don't know that you are actually a sinner? Like we first have to point people. This is your problem. First thing we need to begin with, there is a problem. And that problem is separating from the Lord. You are his enemy because of this problem. But there is a solution. You need to repent, right? And then you need to believe and confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. And, you know, the wonderful thing is that even like, I think it was uh, in one of the Psalms, he says that when God forgives your sins, he doesn't remember them anymore. You are white as snow, you know, but before you get there, you need to recognize that you are a sinner, that we are as sinners, right? And Mm -hmm. as soon as we are convicted of a sin, the first thing we need to do is repent, call out to the Lord. He is a gracious father. He shows so much grace to, to us daily. And that's something that we need to remember. And I, I also want to point out something that you mentioned before about we're not saved by, by good works. No, of course not. We understand that it's by grace alone. Grace is a gift from the Lord. But God prepared good works Before the creation, just like he chose it before the creation for salvation, he also prepared those good works because a faith without good works is not, it's a dead faith, you know, it's dead. So how do we show that faith? By the good works, right? That we do. And I think what you're doing now, those are good works that the Lord had prepared beforehand so that when he was going to save you, you know, for the moment that he was going to save you, then those good works will come to fruition and people will see Oh, this is this person is truly transformed. That you can be a testimony, a witness for Christ, and I love seeing that. I, I I think it's so evident to to all of us that are following you now and seeing just how you you just have a heart to truly t- teach people this is wrong and you need to repent. But there is yeah. hope, and your only hope is Christ. 
Amen. you know, so thank you so much just for, for doing that. And I do want to ask you, what do you, what would you say what has been like the, uh, the, the most challenging thing that you have to face since you became a believer? What has it been the most challenging experience or trial that you had to face since coming uh, uh, to Christ? Um, well, it's just my family members who don't talk to me anymore. I, I'm going to start crying if I talk about it too much. Um, it's a daily, I pray for them daily. Um, they think that me calling out new age is hateful um, and that I should be inclusive and universalistic like the new ages. And I can't um, look, I know apostle Paul went away for three years to Arabia before he came out and started to teach. And I, probably should have gone away for three years, but I was in this awful dilemma, awkward position of um, my product still being sold out there. And so I thought, well, if I go away um, and, and just, you know, the products are out there, people won't know that they're wrong. And so I took a gamble and, you know, I repent that I was teaching bad theology in the beginning and that I was teaching that my vision, which I now have renounced, was real, and I thought it was Jesus. But I hope that um, I have been pointing people to Jesus through this. I don't want followers. I want Jesus to have followers. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want money. I'm not asking for anything from people for me. This is not about Doreen Virtue. This is about Jesus. And it's about that, like you said, none of us know the day or the time or the hour when he's going to return. Um, and we don't know what God has willed for the end of our life. And I would just hate to see people end up in hell mm -hmm. um, instead of heaven. Um, what, what my biggest, you know, that's my biggest challenge. It's my, it's heartbreaking. You know, I just recently had my birthday and of course I didn't hear from them on my birthday and not that I want to give. So I just, you know, it'd have been so nice to at least got a text, happy birthday. Um, and so it's, it's been a huge, huge burden of, for me to know that I've hurt my family um, by being in that new age. And then this late life conversion, it's confused them and hurt them and upset them. But the biggest joy um, is the letters I get from people who like me have God's brought them out of the new age and they understand. Um, we have like this sisterhood of people who came out of deception and I mean, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, but those of us who've come out of deception, like you, you know, you came out of Catholicism. Um, it's, it's, I was reading something to Jeremiah this morning about that. Like those who come out of it, like when the Israelites came back from Babylon, they appreciated Israel more, they appreciated God more. And so coming out of deception is like being let go, let out of exile and coming to the temple that's in, in our hearts now with the Holy spirit. It's uh, I, I appreciate salvation so much because I lived so long in the darkness. Yeah. And, you know, I think it, Jesus never promised us to happiness or, you know, no. that just by coming to him, things will be easy. And I think we have see it, seen it even with the apostles, how they remain faithful to the Lord. Uh, they were rejected. I mean, they were martyrs, right? They, 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 they were murdered because of the name of Christ. 
And Jesus himself told us, because of my name, you will have trouble. People will hate you. Family will be against family. Yeah. And I understand you because uh, for, for a time when I first, when the Lord first saved me, and now I have all these things, right? Like everything changed from going to the Catholic church. Now I don't want to. I don't want to pray the rosary. I, I'm not supposed to be doing all these things. Honestly, there was so much tension between my family and I. And to the point that we couldn't have like peaceful conversations. So that relationship, honestly, it was like torn apart. In fact, they, as Catholics, they call us the separator brothers. And that's hurtful because, you yeah. know, like I'm very close to my family. And to see that they just, they have so much pride and they will let religion get in the way rather than truly have a relationship that the church, the family of Christ became my true family. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I will say that things probably calm down now and they are more, I guess, open to like, you know, like they're not as zealous as they, as they were before, but those first couple of years of coming, you know, being a Christian, it was difficult because mm -hmm. we were a family that we will have gatherings for the holidays. We will be together. We will be celebrating. We will be planning the next meal. And it, it just slowly started to fade out. And um, But then praise the Lord for the church. And praise the Lord that he brought so much encouragement through them. And praise the Lord that we have one another. That even yeah. now with technology, we can connect with each other. And we know that someday we'll be enjoying you know, without this sinful flesh, we will be perfect in heaven with our savior. And that is, that is so much to, to, to look forward to. I look forward to heaven. Right. And that's what brings us joy, yeah. right? Yeah. But that's a great thing that if anyone listens, that, that they will also be praying for your family, that Thank you. Um, the Lord will continue to encourage you through the body of Christ, the church, yeah. through his word. And I'm telling you that I'm so glad that you, you know, that you step up and that you've been talking about this and that you have been able to learn on the way because other, you know, believers, other faithful friends and, 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 and family in Christ that probably have much, much knowledge, right? That, that they have been able to point you out and be like, hey, so no, actually, this is the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, we know that, uh, like you said, also, you thought that there were, so many ways to get to heaven, to get to Christ, right? To get to the Lord. But no, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So mm -hmm. we know that Jesus is the only way. Uh, right. No other religion will be able to get you to heaven, but only through the sacrifice of Christ. I mean, the resurrection of Christ just, you know, it confirms that God was satis satisfied by crushing Christ at the cross because of our sins. And, and what a hope we have. Jesus is not a zombie like many call him. Like, oh yeah, that's a zombie because he was the resurrection of Christ. I actually have someone comment what? to that. On, I haven't on heard that one yet. Oh yeah. So someone, uh, I have some brothers that they bring some messages. Um, I have a, a brother who is in seminary right now and he does theological studies for us for other podcasts. And he brought it for Easter and it was about the rest the death and resurrection of Christ. And then this person, I, I don't know who he is. Um, and he just called Jesus like he is a zombie. And this is all mythology that the Bible is not the true living word of God, but it's mythology and all those things. No, that is the living word of God. Right. And Jesus yeah. Christ is not a zombie. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, the, the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. Yeah. So the, I mean, the the um, 
Second Corinthians, is it First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, really goes into depth about how God is in control over who he lifts that veil with and allows them to understand the gospel. And that's what happened to me on January 7th, 2017 is, oh, this is, the Bible's true. Got it. Okay. Now let's try to figure out how to change my life, you know, because I was full on new ager, public figure, and I had to figure out what, how to, how to obey God. You know, I had to figure out what is part, how, how do you live as a Christian? What is godly living? And I think we're all learning that. Yeah. Sanctification will be a process until the day we die, right? We oh, are, man. Yeah. <laughs> our goal is to be more like Christ. And that is not going to be accomplished here and mm-hmm. on earth, but I, that is the goal. That is the goal of yep. trials. They shaped us to be more like Christ, right? We, we will face trials, but praise the Lord that we don't, face those trials alone, that he is yeah. by our side. He is uh, faithful. Uh, he never changes. If we see him throughout the whole Bible, he was faithful then, and he's going to be faithful now. And that is our hope. And uh, I am so grateful that I've been able to connect with you. If anyone you. is trying to connect with you, how can they find you? And I will also add it to the show notes because I would love for people to find mm-hmm. out more of what uh, you're sharing on your YouTube channel, but where else can they find you too? Um, well, if they want to talk to me personally, um, they can reach me through Instagram and it's Doreen Virtue, um, direct messages. I just want to make a note that I'm, it's only me reading the messages and I've, uh, there's a lot of them that come in every day. And so please don't take it personally. If I don't get back to you right away, you know, you can write me again and it'll go to the top of the list. Um, I also, uh, you know, I've made the choice not to reply to people who are rude anymore because I've been cussed out a few too many times by new agers who are supposedly about love and light, but that's only if they agree with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so be nice if you write me and be patient, but I'm, mm-hmm. I do write back. I probably write back maybe 70% of the people who write and then hopefully we'll get to everyone someday. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's hard. Cause I'm in my last semester of seminary and I've got 15 more essays to write this summer. Um, wow. to graduate. Yeah, they're like the final essays on different theological um, issues. And, and uh, yeah, so. <laughs> so be kind. Okay. Just I'm busy. busy. Yeah. Show grace. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, we will always get that right. Uh, people when we disagree with them, when we don't say when we don't agree with what they believe or think, uh, that's what we're going to get right pushbacks. And that's when you see the true colors. They didn't really yeah. actually love. <laughs> they yeah. only love because you were agreeing with them and, mm-hmm. and all of that. But that's not how it works in the family of Christ. Uh, we are, the Lord is, it commands us to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? And he, that is a command. We are to love one another because that's how they're going to see that we truly are belong to him. That because of our love for each other and praise God that even when we sin, uh, we can just show grace to each other um, and in love, call it out. Yep. Point us to, you know, point each other to a scripture and be like, hey, so maybe not this way, but maybe this way. Yes. yes. Iron sharpens iron. <laughs> Amen. And Doreen, now to get to my signature questions that I like to ask on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I, I thought that I was almost done, but I okay. have two more questions. Yeah, okay. Uh, so uh, some of your favorite books, uh, if you have any like Christian solid books that you mm-hmm. love. And yes. You- yes. 
Okay, so besides the Bible, of course, yes. which I read, I read every single morning before I do anything else. I read the Bible, um, and Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul is a must read for everyone. Um, he he really breaks down about the fear of the Lord, which was always confusing to me because we're taught God is love, so why would we fear Him? Uh, and R.C. Sproul, in his signature style, just shows us about fear and reverence and awe for God and really goes into Isaiah six quite a bit and holiness of God. Um, I'm currently reading a book that I think is a must read uh, by Stephen Lawson. I really like the Ligonier teachers. So yeah. Stephen Lawson's, we love Steve Lawson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stephen Lawson's new book, it will cost you everything. Um, it, you had mentioned this, that how Jesus promised how families would be ripped apart. Um, and so Stephen Lawson really breaks that down. What I've been going through since I was saved um, how you lose everything, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, of course, I miss my family like crazy. I love them. I'm sorrowful that they choose not to be in touch with me anymore. But, um, uh, you know, it's we have to love Jesus more than we love our family is the bottom line. So I'm reading that. So so the Bible, R.C. Sproul's Holiness of God. Um, and then for reference books, I just want to show you my favorite reference book. Oh, yes, please. Yes right here it's a big book but yeah. you can get it at christianbooks.com uh for cheap it's, it's called commentary on the new testament use of the old testament by gk beale b-e-a-l-e he's got a lot of good books but this whole this this has got the whole new testament and then it points you back where in the old testament like you had said you know romans 3 goes back to psalm 14 yeah. and i took i took a whole class on that topic and and um, this was our textbook. And I just use it all the time because, as you know, the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Um, yeah. But it, it goes into typology, which I'm fascinated with. It, typology can be abused. But just where you see Jesus in Genesis and all throughout the Old Testament, how it's always pointing to Jesus on the cross. It's always pointing to the gospel. And that Jesus, God the Father promised Jesus in Genesis 3.15 mm-hmm. um, after the fall in and so this this book goes into that more than anything else. This is gold, you guys. If you you know you can, if you can find this used on eBay, buy it. It's it's a good investment. Okay. Um, and then I love commentary books. So I'm going to just say one more. So this this set right here I got on eBay used, and it is also gold. It's a lot of pastors use. It. It's called the Expositors Bible Commentary, and it's by Frank. Gabaline, and it goes line by line through the Bible and gives um, commentary on what each line means. So it takes like a study Bible times a million. And those, these two, these have been my two reference books that I've used more than anything else in seminary. And uh, and, and I've got a three point nine grade average, three point nine zero from from using wow. these books. Yeah. So, and I don't say that to boast, but to show that. God really gave me a new heart and he really lifted the veil to let me know, um, yes. you know, just to show me the gospel because I could not have gone through seminary before I was saved. That's for sure. I just, I love God's word so much. I love the Bible so much. It's just, it's not an idol, but it's my, it's what I've been looking for my whole life in the new age. I was looking for the truth and I was always looking for the truth. I was always seeking and finally found it as a senior citizen. 
listen. And I pray that people won't wait as long as I did and will read the whole Bible. It'll change your life. And you can't understand the Bible till you read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, no, you can't understand any book if you just read bits and pieces. Yeah. Read it yourself. If you think the Bible's not real, read it yourself. If you are putting it down and saying it's been tampered with, just read it yourself. You'll see the absolute consistency through 40 authors. Uh, it's it's one author, the Holy Spirit, through the whole Bible. It's just, it's a miracle that God handed us this book. And if we don't read it, I think it's foolish. I was foolish yeah. to not read it earlier. Yeah, I think it was, uh, I was listening to one of the podcasts uh, by um, our dear friend, Marcy Farrell, mm-hmm. a thankful homemaker. And she was, uh, she always emphasized that about the word of God and, you know, always to make sure that you start your day on the word of God. It's great yes. if you do a devotional, devotionals are great, but that is another person still explaining to you the word of God. So you have to go to the word of God directly and let him speak to you through his word. So yes, don't like, you know, don't try to um, basically put another books, you know, in the Bible's place. So basically make uh, the Bible, the word of God, your priority, because it's the only way also that we're convicted of sin, that we can come and repent, right? Daily, because that's something that we have to be doing daily. That's right. Absolutely. Yep. Sanctification. <laughs> yes. Sanctification. Well, congratulations on the um, grade because that's a, a lot of hard work. I mean, yeah. by people who go to the guys, you know, the men that go to seminary, all the hard work and that goes into it. And yeah. Um, yeah. And, and now, can you share three things that brings you joy? Yeah. Um I, God's creation and nature, besides Bible study, I mean, that's obvious. Maybe I should start with that because it's not, maybe it's not obvious, but reading the Bible, it's just, it's, uh, I can't even put it into words, but yeah, that brings me peace and joy. And God's creation and nature, I'm outside a lot. I love to garden, you know, I love to put a seed, a seed in the ground and then a flower pops up. It's amazing. Um, and, um, in my, my Christ based sober marriage to Michael, who God's, he doesn't, he's, he's not a public figure like me. Um, but he was saved out of the new age at the same time as me, which is a, such a blessing because mm-hmm. if I had been unequally yoked to a new age husband, um, you know, tragically I was divorced and we remarried before I was saved. Um, God hates divorce. I, I I wish that my life had been different where I'd stayed married, you know, my whole life. I'm, I, I, I don't have it, but I kind of envy people who are married to one person their whole life. I think that's just amazing. Um, but in the new age, my heroes were getting divorced and married constantly. It's new age marriages are like Hollywood marriages. They just don't last um, because you're taught in the new age that if it's really your soulmate, you will agree on everything. And the minute you start disagreeing, you just leave the relationship. So anyway, so so Michael and I, um, we really appreciate each other that now our marriage is built on Christ. We go to Bible study together. We go to church together. We pray together. Before we fall asleep, we hold hands and say the Lord's Prayer and pray for our family every night. I mean, it's just such a gift. Thank you, what Lord. Well, that is truly a joy. Um, that you, you know, just having a marriage that both of you know Christ and both of you can exalt him and, and be an example, right? Because yeah. I mean, marriage really, it's just 
a picture of Christ's love for his church, right? right. And we are to be witnesses of Christ, even within our marriages. And yeah, um, yeah that was actually something that I was going to ask you about your husband too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, uh, you know, ever since he came out of the new age, how has he been able to like, because I know you're doing it more, I guess, you know, on the social media and more yeah. publicly, but what yeah. about for him? How is he doing it to be able to like share with other people about, you know, what he came out of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, by the way, we both repented for our divorce. And, you know, yeah. some people said, well, you should get divorced from him because it's adultery. We understand all that. And, yeah. um, and we also understand that Jesus said all sins can be forgiven, except for blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And so we do believe we've been forgiven and we would never get divorced again now that we're saved, believe me. But, um, but yeah, my husband is very supportive. Um, even though we didn't have the money, he said, go to seminary, we'll just trust. And, um, when Thomas Nelson approached me about writing a book of my testimony, the money they gave us was exactly almost to the penny of what the seminary costs. And so he's been so sweet and so supportive. He's he's not on social media, um, but he does share the gospel. He's um, He does a lot of volunteer work in the community, and he looks for opportunities to, um, you know, express the fruit of salvation. And I'm very proud of him. That's so wonderful. And what a blessing yeah. from the Lord. I mean, and even like for, you know, that he's supporting everything that you're doing. And mm-hmm. um, and that is just a blessing from the Lord and that the money also the Lord provided for you to now go and train yourself so that you yeah. can now be able to uh, teach more efficiently, you know, uh, mm-hmm. now through the social media, because that's a ministry, right? You're, you're ministering to other people and calling out yeah. those people in the new age to repent and come to Christ. Amen. And now my last question is uh, everything that we share here. Um, clearly we are pointing to one person and that, that is Jesus Christ. He is our savior. He is our Lord, our redeemer. And, be, and without Christ, we will be completely lost and we would be condemned for the rest of our life. Right. But praise God for Jesus. And my last question is why do we need Jesus? Oh. <laughs> And we need Jesus more than we need air to breathe. Um, he's up, you know, I mean, we just came through the pandemic where the word essential was overused, but Jesus is essential. He's non-optional. He is God. Um, he is our creator and he made us. So of course we need him as our maker. And as you said, not only for our afterlife, but for this life too. Um, he's said he'd be with us to the end of the age and uh, we need him and his spirit, the Holy spirit. We need him as a teacher, as a comforter, as a guide, as a protector, as our redeemer, um, as our shepherd without him, we're dead in sin and we're lost. So need with a capital N is what we, we need Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you so, so much, dear sister, just for joining for being here today. I pray that, Whoever listens to this, it one is encouraged, but if there is anyone in the new age that they will see that what seems to be so positive and full of light, it's actually full of darkness and only Christ can take you out of darkness into light. And if you wouldn't mind just closing us in prayer, I would really appreciate it. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time to discuss you, to share the gospel. We pray that this video glorifies you, Father. We pray that this video plants seeds for your kingdom and that the seeds will fall into good soil 
and that you will nurture that soil with deep roots and that out of this video, perhaps um, there will be people who will also share the gospel, who will be convicted of their sins and who will repent. We pray for the repentance of those who are lost in deception, whether it's new age or false religion. And we pray also that um, this video can be used as a vehicle of encouraging people to read your word daily, to read the word before the world, to uh, go into the Bible before breakfast, to really make your Bible a priority in their time and their schedule. And we pray that, as my sister here said, that this video can encourage you in your walk with Christ and in your evangelism, that there's nobody that God can't save. If God can save a wretched soul, a wretched sinner like me, he can save anyone. And we say these prayers in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.